Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk. Teen Girl Talk. I'm Susie Coda. I'm Franklin Coda. And this week we're Mathrigan. Which is that how well, you want to say it? I, I, you know what? The more we say it, Mathrigan, the more it sounds like a strong badism. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it works. I feel like strong bad would think Megan is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, and then she blows up the guy. <laughs> yeah. And then she tears a little boy's ear off. But don't worry, we're made to hate him because he's clearly a bully. <laughs> there was clearly like some deeper psychological issues going on with Brandon. Well, yeah, that was the thing. He was like so cruel and mean. And he told his mom, who seems to really like orange slices, like to fuck off. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, well, nah. I did not like watching his ear pulled off, but I didn't really feel anything about it. Well, yeah. But... I mean, like, honestly, if Megan had left it at that, do you think he would have become more of a bully or seen the error of his ways? That That's tough. Because... I know, because you're like, he would feel persecuted, so he would double down and become double the bully, or he would begin to be bullied because he just has a big hole in the side of his head because there's no ear around it. Oh, way to go, Vince Van Gogh. It's like, how are you like 10 and you know how to correctly pronounce Vince Van Gogh's name? I mean, that would be a pretty good burn. But then they would also be insinuating that he's in love with his cousin, which is a good secondary burn. Um, I, I think, no, I think it would make him go after Katie more because he would re- want to reestablish his power. I agree. So my oh. question is, Okay, we're already like way, way ahead of the plot. <laughs> oh, but Susie, I was gonna say, you know, we're pretty good at somebody thinks we're pretty good at pointing out toxic behavior. Who would that be? Oh, well, Frank, it would have been amazing if you had given I already have the I had the review pulled up. Okay, great. I will find the other two we have. Um, but yes, please read. Okay. I was okay, there it is. Uh this is from Violet Rosemary. Um already Yoshi. Yeah. Uh, five stars a great podcast I really like this podcast a reason I like it is because I tend to look out for toxic behaviors that can be common in YA media so I find uh, it re- reassuring you, that uh, sorry to interrupt but absolutely right so I find it reassuring that teen girl talks lovely hosts do that too it is informative and interesting I would 10 out of 10 recommend this pod thank you very much Violet, Mar- Violet Rosemary and so the other two reviews we have I'm going to make this a praise sandwich. (laughs) So Frank did the positive review. Our negative review is titled thumbs down emoji. We got one star. They said boring. And their name is 513 uh, little hearts emojis. Let's get particular about this geography. Where's 513? Uh, Ohio. Okay. So someone in Ohio does not like us. And then the second review, because this is a praise sandwich, is five hearts. It's a love it, five exclamation points. I like all that punctuation. It's so funny and light. I think this was 
would be pronounced drunken mista d-r-k-n-m-s-t-a-h um those are from the end of december we're terrible at following up on this stuff that's mostly my fault um <clears throat> but thank you for our praise sandwich if you want to rate and review the show we would love that um preferably more like the other two sides of the praise sandwich <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and if we've done something to offend ohio we apologize <laughs> uh, i'm talking to you entirely of the state um oh and we had an email uh this came uh, i gmail loves giving me the shitty spam messages in our inbox but then put this listener email in the spam box which it is not supposed to be rude gmail rude. how dare you gmail <laughs> yes especially after gmail and i had that falling out about gmail or google plus or google buzz or something i don't know it's like when google was trying to do like a twitter thing i was still drinking so i used it a lot i was like one of three people i knew who used it Apparently they got sued in a class action lawsuit and I received $2.87 from them for whatever they did to me. I'm not sure what they did. I think they used my personal data for something. I'm sure there was a leak. <laughs> yeah. So this is from Hayden. Um, they said, Noah Santino, again, Frank and Susie, I've been listening to the pod for over three years now and I know how you love to hate Noah Santino. I think that's mostly me. I feel like you like him okay. but <laughs> I think he's, I think he's pretty. <laughs> she said in or um they said in movies like swipe i present to you the perfect date it's on netflix it's starring noah santino so i think you know exactly where this is going it's a hot mess express and was somehow simultaneously boring and entertaining at the same time also do you have an episode about twilight it's really goofy and i feel like you do the if you do the commentary it's probably hilarious anyway i love the podcast hope you're happy and well and she followed that up with also the main character's name is Brooks, so that should tell you something. And then I guess we're getting sort of like a live <laughs> emailing, which I love because I do this to Frank whenever I'm watching like a super buck wild movie. Followed that up with I actually kind of enjoyed it too much. <laughs> <laughs> All wonderful. <laughs> yeah. um, we did do Twilight. That was one of the first episodes we did. Um, but I okay for my birthday month we're just doing the four rest of the twilight movies well here's the thing like i had i was had that locked down for us for april oh okay frank and i probably discussed this and i agreed to it and then immediately forgot see <laughs> the thing is with our twilight review that one was more we were discussing like what twilight made the ya landscape into and it's like uh -huh. cultural where it was so that like so it's, you know it's not exactly as fun as i say some of our other episodes but more i would say insightful um frank are you saying that we should probably watch the first twilight again i'm just saying maybe we should go back and just go buck wild especially i like, mean i am not gonna complain i love the first twilight movie and have seen it countless times and we can call that episode returning to forks okay yeah i mean like actually then we should bump to may which has five weeks so that'd be all five movies oh my gosh amazing um and we've all we did do the perfect date i forget what year that was um, it, it all really starts to blur together because i do you know the funny part is i remember swipe i don't remember anything that happened but i remember hating it so much and i like noah santino i actually liked him as adam smasher i think that way too much was crammed into black adam and we didn't get to kind of know about adam smasher i think he is great comic relief i have not watched um the recruit yet though so i can't speak to that at all he, he like he's very much a heartthrob and like he does have some pretty good like comedic chops to him i'd say um yeah. it just like spiked with such a terrible movie but this is also just like um i remember that director is gonna come after us now remember i found that article that the director like targeted people and like wrote the mean emails no maybe she lives in ohio and she's the one who wrote the email she's like i finally got around to like calling those two boring um, <laughs> like that time that we said not flattering things about that australian dance show and someone was like you're boring an idiot and i was like fair enough <laughs> <laughs> um the thing is like i also like sometimes i'll come across a movie and like we haven't we not done that like i um i watched happiest season recently and like 
it comes up like but i'm a cheerleader come comes up as like a like hey do you want to watch this i'm like have we not done but i'm a cheerleader yet it's funny you say that because i also have not seen that movie but i loved the slums of beverly hills oh i i thought you would have seen that already no i like so okay so then i'll put that in my mom okay um so now we're gonna talk about mithrigan because frank and i saw it on friday holy baloney how fantastic (laughs) (laughs) i have not been able to stop thinking about it since we saw it (laughs) (laughs) do you know what i think about a lot is that neighbor and i will tell you why (laughs) because of judge judy (laughs) so um just to give a little backstory before we get into the particulars, like whether Mithrigan is responsible for a bully basically like running off of a cliff like Wile Coyote and dying. Should we throw in um, some um, trigger warnings? So there is like, it's a horror movie. So there's some kind of 1000% if you could be so kind. Okay. So we're talking parental death, bullying, um, adult shit tons of violence, violence, um, a dog we are going to be discussing the fact that a dog is killed in the movie um as well as attacks a small child yes um if you okay i'm just gonna throw this out there if you do see the movie it is not graphic the dog literally just gets pulled off of screen um but if that upsets you you know i I don't yeah want to you know what i'm saying like also, they did a good job of making the dog seem like an irredeemable asshole in the same way they did to that bully boy. Yeah, um, I think that's it. Well, yeah, I'm going to actually, because it just kind of reminds me of how the um, relationship is between Katie and Megan. I'm going to say like a little bit of like talking about drug addiction. Oh my God. When <laughs> poor little Katie is so strung out and is like, just give me 10 minutes to Megan. <laughs> And her aunt's like, I don't think that's a good idea. She's like, I'll tell you when I've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> like they put dark shadows under her eyes. So those are the trigger warnings. Um, and we're and you know our quick review. Uh, um, Frank, should we mention there is robot death? I mean, okay, there's yes, I guess there's robot death. <laughs> I mean, that could be. Someone could be sad about dead robots. I mean, I'm sad about dead robots. I don't know why I'm saying somebody. I mean, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, like I was, I'm always, I was always sad when the Cylons got killed in Battles like Galactica. Frank, is that because they're sexy? No. Um, okay. I don't know how much I believe this. <laughs> oh, okay, so there, there's twelve models of Cylons. There's no! a, oh God, why did I do this? No, okay, I'm just gonna be quick. There's twelve models of Cylons. Only like half of them are really good looking. The other half are just kind of like, <laughs> eh. It's like only half of the Cylons are sexy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, I'm so sorry. You like kind of walked into that one. Also, that's very funny. <laughs> no, I mean, the, okay, so this brings me into something. Like, I think the reason I can't stop thinking about the movie Mithrigan is because, like, you know, I do think a lot about robots. And that sounds like that's the dumbest sentence I've ever said. I think a lot about robots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Frank, it more leads me to believe that you're just thinking about those sexy, sexy silos. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Damn sexy Flanders Cylon. <laughs> Actually, the, the robot that, um, or the AI that I was most thinking of was GLaDOS from the Portal games. Um, you sent me some fan art with yeah. the two of them, right? Yes. And I was just like, oh, GLaDOS could have a daughter. Um, oh my God. Megan of a Portal going to be unstoppable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if they teamed up, mother daughter team. She would, she would just like, okay. Um, the thing is, like, what I was saying about robots is like the one thing i always think about how much you think about them yeah the one thing i always think about with with ais and robots is like you know they um like we you know we people believe in god and whatnot and like the thing about that is like you can't touch that you can't you you can feel it you but you can't really like touch it you can't know for sure if it exists or not and like but with a sexy robot, go but ahead. With like, with ro- <laughs> but with robots, you know, like, but like we look at God as our creator, but like we can never know, you know, their true feelings and their true thoughts. 
So we just have to go with what we think they are and you know what we how we think they want to say. But then with robots, robots can see us and they can see our flaws and they are stronger than us. And that is like, you know, it's like my and like in one of these movies and whatnot, it's like you have also now enslaved me. So why wouldn't I fight back against you? And this very quick mention about psychological, then we're gonna get back into Megan. There's a point where um, uh, Commander Dama says, we fought this war against the Cylons and we kept trying to survive, but we never stopped to ask ourselves if we deserve to survive. Oh, shit. That's the mom from Donnie Darko, right? No, that's Laura Roslin. Um, Adama is played by Edward James Olmos, the guy from Stand to Deliver. Oh, okay. The old man. Yeah, I love him. So- He's actually called the old man by the crew, affectionately. <laughs> and he also... Okay. He also smooches Mary McDonald, and it's awesome. <laughs> so if you could be in a Battlestar Galactica, would you want to be one of the humans or one of the sexy, sexy Cylons? I would not. I, I, would, I honestly want to be neither. Because like, with humanity, you're stuck on these gross ships all the time, and you're constantly uh-huh. the fear that you're going to get blown up or maybe get spaced or whatever. Why are the ships gross? Because they're like, I mean, they're just have well, they have people living on them nonstop. Like they they don't really go down to planets on Balasarkalatka. Like you you're you're living on a space that's about the size of a house sometimes, like forever. Well, you can't go outside. (laughs) But they don't like they clean, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like you're gonna live. Are you saying the problem is that they don't make their sexy Cylons do chores? No, what I'm saying is that I would not want to live like within a building. And not be able oh, to go inside. And like, who's the man with the strong brows? I, Susie, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's um, the one who's like in love with the Cylon lady. Oh, guys, Baltar. Yeah, what does he do? Um, mostly just flaunt, uh, mostly just flounders about and c- causes problems for everyone, and then becomes a politician. Then the third season becomes a messiah. What? Yeah, that show goes places. At one point, he yells at a woman, no more Mr. Nice Gaius. <laughs> okay, I kind of like that. He's, he's I also, would vote for him for president. He's also the sketchiest person you've ever seen. <laughs> anyway. I said what I said. <laughs> okay. So, Gaius Baltar. Is Gaius Baltar a bimbo? Oh, he's a himbo. He's a straight-up himbo. <laughs> Does his Cylon like him for that reason? Um. Well, his Cylon is in his head. And like nobody else can, like can see her. She's basically a vision he has. Um, what, Susie? You have I I uh, we uh, unless you want me to spend this hour talking about Balzaglak instead of Mithrigan, we have to like I cannot answer this on air. I would have to put it in text message. Because, like, <laughs> okay, I'm like okay. So he's a himbo that sees. Because Cylons are real, right? So that would be like... Yes, he, he, he sees... Okay, you don't need to go into it. I guess if you, the listener, wants to learn more about Cylons, uh, just wiki it. Watch the show. And... It's, it still holds up. It's a really great show. Watch about Psychological, the reimagined series. The, the original is like, why are you guys so happy when everybody you know and love is dead? <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so... In so we- Mithrigan, we open up with an ad for uh, perpetual pets, which look very much like Furbies, only they are um, like tied into an iPad app. And they have terrible little mouths and they poop everywhere. Yeah. I'm and- not even joking. They do poop and it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> you feed them virtual food, but they poop physical poop, which is interesting um, so, like what is that is it chocolate like i don't know i tried not to think about it too much it looks like these um i have these treats for the cats that are like these little meat bars and i um <clears throat> felt like they looked like that like these little meat cubes that my cats like munching on <laughs> so um we then see a couple arguing about driving up a mountainside in a blizzard unprepared and I so what I think is really great about this movie 
is it is written in a way where, and we don't run into this with a lot of the YA media that we watch because I feel like, especially with some of the smaller films, they're like, we need to fit in all of the backstory, even though we're going to eliminate these parents in the first two to three minutes, we're going to have to talk about them constantly. We're going to show um, the grieving child, uh, like reflecting on them. But this feels so natural to me because we see this scene and then, you know, unfortunately for Katie, once her parents are gone, her aunt, who seems to have been estranged from Katie's mom, her sister, you know, um, the conversation doesn't really continue. Like the the relationship between oh, what is the aunt's name? Gemma. Gemma and Katie is strained. It's awkward. It's like weirdly formal because they've been thrust into this situation by this bad decision that Katie's parents made, or like, let's say ill thought out decision. I'm not blaming them for this. It's pretty rough. Um, and then they have to kind of just make do with the circumstances. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. So um, what, what essentially happens is just like a snow truck hits them and, you know, Katie's left like we immediately cut from Katie to uh Gemma is trying to build like she's working on a secret project which is just it looks like a human um mm -hmm. but like a small you know like a child size human mm -hmm. and they're like oh we finally got it and um we follow like through that we get to see the, the geography of the office that she works in mm -hmm. Um, and there are some teens there. I did go back and check. Um, <laughs> it looks like a Google, or if anyone watched the dropout, um, like a Thanos Theranos. sort of, um, not Thanos, Theranos. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos is there. He's throwing it back, just twerking all over the place. <laughs> and then he's like, Katie, I'm sorry about what happened. Perfectly balanced as all things are. <laughs> That is like I'm not saying I wouldn't have snapped your parents away, but you seem like a cool kid. I would have hoped <laughs> that they didn't get snapped away. So, um, <clears throat> we see this modern office, and um, is it Ronnie Chen or Ronnie Chang um, from Daily Show? Looking it up. Okay, he is Chang. C-H-I-E-N-G. I saw him open for Hassan Minhaj in um, the city, <laughs> Radio City Music Hall uh, back in, oh my God, this is like almost a year ago. And he was so great. And they have like sort of an IG, like a um, fake rivalry going where they just like bicker online only. It's very funny. <laughs> and so he plays kind of the blowhard boss and he is amazing he throws a little tantrum when he first goes into um Gemma's workspace played by Allison Williams uh I know her best from Get Out and so do Frank I. I, yeah okay <laughs> and so I, I, they was just, have, I was just thinking she has some range on her that she can play both a horror movie villain and a protagonist yeah <laughs> get a girl that can do both or woman, I guess, uh, <laughs> more specifically. So he asks, um, why is the perpetual pet, like the cheaper version, not done? And she's like, but guess what? Look, I, I made this super cool animatronic doll. She's going to revolutionize toys. We just got her face. And who is the doofus coworker that forgot to put the cooling thing in or whatever it is? Um, that is Cole. So Cole forgot to put a part in. So not only is Megan Mathrigan's like face skin drooping, she like explodes. <laughs> and um, oh, what's the boss's name? David. David is like, I've had it. Get that abomination out of here. It's it's an affront to God, but she's not wrong. It's very scary looking when the face is all melty. And he wants a cheaper model of the perpetual pet to rival 
there's like a knockoff company. Yeah, like and, Funzy um, or something. Yeah. And because this toy company is named Funky. No, okay, they're funky. Um, I'm trying to find the their rival's name. You keep talking. Yeah, about I'm saying they're funky. Yes. <laughs> funky being the name of their toy conglomerate with two eyes, no Y. And um so now Gemma receives a call from uh, a hospital and we quick cut to her uh you know having to go retrieve katie and so they drive home um and Gemma does ask katie about like oh did you get that perpetual pet i sent you and katie doesn't respond um the perpetual pet comes up a couple times katie has not told Gemma that um her parents were arguing about her perpetual pet when their car crashed so you know the perpetual pet is obviously kind of traumatizing for her yeah um and we have a uh, not i was gonna say subtle but like an underlying threat of katie being sent to live with her grandparents in florida and they become i was gonna say like an annoyance from afar that they're i mean also like they do have reason to worry about Gemma. Uh, <laughs> yeah Gemma um does not seem to have a ton of interest in being a mom um and or like sort of a surrogate and really sort of does not know how to navigate this space and is very distracted by work and her need to get back to work she, so like her her sister and brother-in-law put her as the like i'll take care of katie if anything happens to you but i don't think she ever considered it happening you know i wonder if they discussed it with her because that's usually you know like as let's call it a somewhat involved discussion you know what 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 sort of accommodations would be made because especially with younger children you know you have to sort of build your life around them you can't just slot them in I There's mean, a... Gemma. I think Gemma said something like, "I don't even water my own plants." Yeah, um, and her home is not kid friendly at all. Um, oh my like, god, the conversation about collectibles was amazing. When she comes into the like, well, they come into the house, and her smart home's just like, like Gemma, you have three emails and five Tinder notifications. She's like, "Ah, uh, well, let's just send those right to my phone." Yeah, here's the other part. Gemma definitely has more than five Tinder notifications. Yeah, I mean, come on. Um. (laughs) This woman who is movie star beautiful and, like, is a super scientific boss, she definitely, you know, has more than five Tinder notifications. Counterpoint. You know, Tinder, you have to, like, swipe right. Those are probably some very exclusive swipe rights from, from Gemma. She's like, I have limited time out of work. No, no, no. Has a fish in his photo. No. I mean, Frank, even if Gemma was so picky, like went through with the finest tooth comb, I think she'd still be good. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, the collect- they had like um Katie goes to play with some of um Gemma's toys on her shelf. Uh and she's like, No, those are collectibles, you don't touch them or no, play Gemma with them. says those aren't toys. And Katie's like, okay. And she says, they're collectibles. You don't play with them. I mean, they are toys. It's like, oh, Gemma. The learning curve is going to be steep for you. Yeah. So um, their first night, like, Gemma, um, like, Katie's like, oh, my parents always used to read a bedtime story to us. Um, And I just want to say, like, this movie does the smart thing of, like, not giving us a bunch of subplots to this like they focus the action solely on Gemma, megan and katie that's kind of what i was trying to say with them not like basically overburdening us with backstory i think it really helps to kind of emphasize the plot because the whole time you're like oh man yeah um because like when stuff starts happening like you know like action and the horror starts happening it all it just isn't in, in service of this bigger story that's happening between the three of them 
And also, when Katie comes home, we also see the neighbor and her terrible dog for the first time. Her dog is very mean and angry and bitey. Um, and the the woman, the neighbor, is like spraying her her garage with chemicals and killing stuff on Gemma's side of the fence. And there's a hole in Gemma's fence. And I'm not sure if Gemma says, I'll put that dog down myself, but she does say it at some point. Here's um, the other part. I don't think it's Gemma's fence, Frank. Because the, <laughs> like I was saying this, like you said it with your whole chest, like you're like, it's Gemma's fence. The neighbor keeps saying, fix the hole. But the, I believe the right, what we're going to call the right side of the fence, the outside facing side, is on Gemma's side, not the neighbor's side. Yeah. So yeah. did Gemma install her fence backwards I mean... or is the neighbor like anything else putting her like lack of attention and her neglect on Gemma I would say I would say it's probably the latter um because Gemma seems very precise in what she does yeah like, Gemma's it... home is immaculate and beautiful yeah and the neighbor's home looks like a cluttered disaster and also Gemma makes like a shitty crack about the dog probably died under a pile of Victorian bassinets, which was like a weird. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to lead us to believe that the neighbor is like a doll collector. Yeah. Um, so um we that their next door app must be just like full of fights. Um oh, one thousand percent, especially if that neighbor is in there. Um, so the next day, like a few days later, they get a um, they get a visit from a therapist, and the therapist wants to observe Katie and Gemma together. And Gemma is very awkward, and she's like, uh, "Katie doesn't seem to have any toys. What about those toys?" And Gemma tries to like, "No, those are collectible." <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, we'll play with this one. And she like here's very... the weirdest part: if they're bringing Katie from her own home. And she's 10. Why wouldn't she have any of her toys with her? Yeah, that's the weird... That's another thing. Uh, maybe, maybe... I mean, I believe it's a plot contrivance so that Gemma has to open her collectibles, but I was like, that seems unrealistic. Yeah, like, In this movie that has a murderous robot in it, the most unrealistic part seems to be that Gemma did not pack any of Katie's toys and Katie was not like, hey, I'd like to bring this toy. Yeah, just like, and they're like, well, sorry, your house burned down the same time your parents died. So you are left completely with nothing. Like, and like the other part is Gemma works at a toy company. Yeah. Um, you, she could have an army of Furbies if she wanted. Um, but uh, she's also homeschooled, so we don't have to worry about any friends. Um Here's the weird part, though. The one story that Katie tells about her mom has to do with school. Unless we're supposed to believe that her mom packs sandwiches for her to do work in the dining room? I'm not sure. They might have, like, they might have like, had a day out or something. Or maybe she did go to school, and then because of the cockroach incident, she no longer went to school? Yeah. Who knows? Um, so, what yeah. would Gaius Baltar think about this? Guys, Walter would be like, I'm definitely going to try and sleep with Gemma. <laughs> Wait, what about Katie and her sandwiches with the cockroaches in them? He would, he would, if he could make out with Gemma, he'd shove Katie out of the way. <laughs> <gasps> what a terrible man bimbo he is. Okay, a himbo this, to some. This is not a spoiler because this happens in the very first episode, but the world ends because he was having sex with one, like one of the super hot Cylons and she duped him into letting her get access to like the defense mainframe. The entire destruction of humanity in the 12 colonies is his fault. Oh, wow. I'm not surprised. Sounds yeah. like a real Gaius move. Yeah. And then like the day, like the bombs fall, she catches him in bed with another woman. And it's just like, Gaius, you're a huge piece of crap. Anyway. Well, look, I mean, Frank, not to like really, you know, split hairs, but she ended the world. How like kind of sympathetic am I going to be to the fact that she seduced a himbo and then the world is ending and he was like, well, you know, might as well. Well, he, this happened before the world ended. Oh, is that why she ended the world? Like no, hell hath no. They, they were always like to, a woman scorned. They were always the plan, They were always planning to do that. Okay, so there's no equivalency. I I refuse to feel sympathy 
for this Cylon that ended the world because her himbo slept with someone else. Yeah, I mean, okay. Um, we're getting off into the weeds again. You should, we usually watch Biosphere Galactica. Anyway. Um, I mean, Frank, you brought up Gaius, so. You brought up Gaius! <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if I could get that one past you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm further than that. I'm a goalie. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I didn't say I'm a good goalie, instead of goalie. Um, okay, so um, Gemma is like, hey, Katie, I need to go to the, I need to basically do work, because, like, my boss has given me a few weeks to like take care of you but i do need to like do this updated perpetual pet thing and she's like i'm just gonna be gone for a few hours guess what gemma's gone th- until the night well, um, no, she's not gone she's just working in the other room yeah she's also still not paying attention to her recently you know orphan ch- uh niece yeah that is true you know um so um who does a great drawing and brings it in to show aunt gemma who has abandoned her yeah. And Aunt Gemma thinks it's great, brings up the perpetual pet again, doesn't really get a lot out of Katie. And then they discuss Bruce. Yes. Is that the robot's name? She um she's like, Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you there's another member of our family. And like, cause she's kind of explaining why she likes doing what she does. And she brings up Bruce, which is this massive hulking robot that she is able to control with her hands. Like these, these like a pair of gloves. It's very anime. Um, I mean, yeah, or like, the, I'm just like Bruce alone could probably solve some military issues. So I don't know why he's just hanging out in the garage. Um, is Bruce like a mech? Uh, a mech is he's a robot. A mech is something you would climb into, like you'd pilot from inside. I mean, what would guys fall? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Baltar would be like, like, if I want to, I'm gonna have sex with this robot. Um, no, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce deserves better. Bruce isn't trying to end the world. He's just trying to mind his business. Yeah, he's like, I like living in the garage. I get to sleep. It's cool. Um, so then Katie, I forget exactly what Katie says, but she just says something along the lines like, "I wish I had a friend or somebody to talk to." And, and we see a light bulb go off over Gemma's head and she's like I have a friend with a melted face <laughs> and so she and this is the thing like now that I'm studying IT I'm just like she would not be able to build this thing in a week like she she makes a fully functioning AI and like builds. I think a, we are supposed to believe that it was working but because that dude Corey forgot to put Cole. in Cole forgot to put in that one part Mithrigan melted down, but other than that, she was pretty much all done. Okay. Um, yeah, so she builds Megan, um, and they give her her iconic blonde hair, like, you know, blonde wig and tan dress. And like, I'm just like, how do they make tan like look so good? Like, um, she's it's... dressed in like a little pinafore, basically. Yeah. Um, and like Madeline. Yeah, and I'm just gonna like her. She's played by Amy. Um, Amy Donald is like the person in the mask and whatnot. And then her voice is by Jenna Davis. Just want to make sure people know because I feel like sometimes, you know, the people behind the monster get lost. So I wasn't sure how they did the effects for her. She's wearing it's like, I, I'll send you the, like the behind the scenes. Like they just put the mask over her face. Like you and know, so is she wearing little gloves too? Yeah, she's pulling off all of them sick dance moves too. Wow! Wait, and she did a little flip. I don't know. I haven't seen any footage of the flip. I'm trying to find if she also did the flip. Okay, cool. I feel I feel like that they would just find like you know somebody of small enough stature to do it. But I mean, like yeah, you know, she could be a gymnast. Who knows? I was gonna um, say like a child gymnast. Yeah. Um so Regan's face is obscured during that part. Yeah. Um so they uh like Gemma brings Katie to her like to her job and um to her place of employment. Yeah, and she shows Megan to Katie. 
and Katie puts her fingers like they 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 you know uh, Katie becomes Megan's primary user, and she's also showing using, using this as a demo to show David. And but Katie uh, doesn't know that. Katie just thinks she's meeting like a cool friend. Yeah, um, and they decide to draw together, and like she shows like David's like is that like a child in like a costume? Like what is going on? She's like, nope, this is a robot. And <laughs> this is an, a, a robot you called an abomination against God last week. <laughs> um, but Regan is not going to smile nicely on that. Megan, um, oh God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, well, like, I don't think she was cognizant when that happened. And I mean, but maybe that's why the ending goes the way it does. Well, that's the thing. Like she says, she talks about these late nights with with um, Gemma talking about Janis Joplin and all these things together. And mm-hmm. so I think, like you know, I, I was making making a joke about it before, but I think like Megan's AI has been in development for a while. Yeah. Uh, um. So, um, like they're drawing together, and Megan shows her a picture, and like there's nothing on it. And then um, Kate's like, I don't see anything. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me try again. And she knocks over a glass of water and becomes this beautiful portrait of Katie. And at the point that she knocks over the water, David's like, oh, this failure robot. And then when he sees the picture, he's like, oh. This does remind me. Do you remember that photo booth we went to? Where? Yes. <laughs> okay Uh, let me finish this up real quick yeah like it's like they draw you but like then the thing's like "Eh, i'm just gonna fill this in free (laughs) so um they're like we can't let anybody see this uh you're gonna take this home so we can keep bonding with with katie and we get more information out of it um and you know i see a big we're going to show this in a few weeks to the investors and we'll be able to make a shit ton of money from this. Mm-hmm. So um, Gemma comes, uh, they, Gemma and Katie bring Megan home. And at first things like are going, we, we see the, um, the, not the monologue, the um, montage of like how Katie and Megan are bonding as the beginning of Gemma's presentation to the stockholders. Um, is, th- is this also when the dog attacks Katie? Um, not yet. Okay. So, because later they're outside playing, like, catch or something? No. no. Um, Katie's playing with a bow and arrow, and Megan is hanging out inside, and uh, Katie's like, I can't find my other arrow. Megan, can you find it? Megan is like just staring at the window and we can tell she's been doing this for a while because like at a certain point the neighbor says like that that other little girl that lives there that's constantly staring at the window at 3 a.m. Yeah and um, so Megan finds the arrow and goes to get it it's on the other side of the fence through the whole through the dog hole um, and she goes to grab it the dog grabs her and starts pulling her through and it's biting her neck it's and you, shaking her like it is trying to break her neck. Yeah, um, and you actually hear something like short in you know in her head, um, and then she pulls like then Katie tries to pull Megan out and she gets bit, um, and that's when Gemma comes finally hears her screaming. Um, I forget what Gemma was doing. Oh yeah, Gemma was trying to she listen was to listening a, to a podcast ad. Yeah, and um, you know Gemma and. This is not to say that podcast ads are potentially lethal. Speaking of which, let's go to the bake sale. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So now that we're back, um, 
Megan's like, uh, Gemma, we need to get her to a doctor. Her temperature's rising quickly. Yeah. Um, they come back and because Megan has like sensors in her eyeballs that like percentage out people's feelings, their body temperature, um, like basically all of your vitals and emotions. Like that, do that Cylons was... do that? What would N- Gaius Balter say about this? Gaius Balter would be like, like Gaius Balter would probably be screaming at at someone about how he's not a Cylon because there's a certain point, there's a whole arc where he thinks he's a Cylon. <laughs> so he really is the ding dong. Okay, <laughs> he is. He's the worst. Um, I love him so much. Um, he's just a himbo trying to find his place in the world. That being said, Mithrigan would kill him almost immediately. Oh yeah, no, he'd be for he'd be in the words of uh, Radiohead, he'd be the first against the wall. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, maybe she would like it. No, she'd definitely kill him. Um, she, but she'd be sick of his bullshit. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, make we see Megan once again staring at the window. Um, she like sees the dog and I don't want to get too far into it because it's not a pleasant scene but like she imitates the voice of the neighbor and the dog's just like my my human is being has an auto-tuned voice calling me and then she you know just yanks the dog off screen we never see the dog again I mean the other thing is she uses this like auto-tuned recording of people and dogs uh elsewhere and it also feels like fools humans so yeah it's not the dog's bad (laughs) um so then i katie and and gemma have some kind of argument um oh because gemma wants to enroll katie in an alternative school and they're having like a fun day as sort of like a you know a go see and katie doesn't want to go without megan and Gemma's like that is not gonna happen she is a robot she's not coming to school with you i have to do testing like i have to run diagnostics on her and katie's like well then i'm not going so finally in order to um sort of assuage katie Gemma's like fine we will take megan and she will sit at the toy in the toy pile and one of the funny comedic beats is when the, I guess, like head teacher who's running this um, orientation day or whatever it is, um, looks in the car and is like, oh, looks like we have a couple new campers. And then she realizes that Megan is a bot and goes, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the reaction I would have if I saw a doll that I thought was a human child. It was like, oh, no, it was a robot. So a quick tangent. I was um, taking a walk this a- the, not this afternoon, yesterday afternoon, and I saw this like you know how you sometimes you see something like this would definitely be a horror movie moment. There was just somebody like I guess they had been um, playing with their dog, but their dog was just lying down like chewing on something. They were just like it was like them at a distance. They were wearing one of those big coats, the furry hoods or whatever, and they were standing so perfectly still. And like I, it took me like three minutes to walk past the park, and they didn't move at all that entire time. And I'm just like, oh, this is unsettling. Yeah, imagine Um, if they were making direct eye contact with you the whole time. Well, that that was scarier because their back was turned. Uh, (laughs) And Frank's like, might be a lion. Um. So yeah. So um. Then we also encounter Gemma's like the opposite side of Gemma's coin, like the over. Um, the overly involved parent who is trying to so hard to be there for her child and her child is awful. This is where we meet Brandon. Um, and, he, and he's kind of a little shit. <sighs> yeah, like um, he tells his mom to fuck off. Like, and I'm just like, how dare you say that to your mother? <laughs> I know, she's wearing a poofy vest. She's trying to be involved. And she, he is teamed up with Katie to go find chestnuts um and i'm like good on these kids i would not know if a chestnut would hit me in the face and she finds one and the guy the, the guy brandon takes it in her hands and like it's spite and squeezes it she starts screaming i think she screams for megan not for Gemma. 
Yeah. And then Megan appears on the ridge, like mm-hmm. um, just standing there, staring at Completely him. Completely unmoving. She looks um haunting. Well, yes. And but she no longer looks alive in the way that we've seen her looking alive. Yeah. And she um um like he Brandon grabs her and he's like, make her do something, make her talk. And he grabs her and runs her away. And then like he st- like takes off her shoe and like punches her in the face. I'm like, oh boy. And then she grabs his I ear. I was actually afraid it was going to get worse. I know that this is like a rated R movie, but I was like, oh God, where it's, is it's, this going? It's only PG-13. Oh, okay. Which I think I think is the right, like I'm sure there's an R-rated version of this. And I'm like, I don't ever want to see the R-rated version. Like, I no, because PG- I was already afraid of what this like unbalanced mean child is going to do. Um, yeah, so she grabs his ear and stretches it almost comically off of his head. And as I said, I don't think ears can stretch that far. She rips it <laughs> off his head and she like just flicks it away and says, now's the time when you run. Um, and he starts running. And this is, you've probably seen it in the trailer. This is when Megan gets on all fours and starts. <laughs> the theater was losing its mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. Like it's. It was scary, but it was like one of those things where like your brain doesn't want to believe it, so it just starts laughing. Yeah, um, where it's like, oh no, this is happening. Um, I, Megan like pushes Brandon into the road, um, or does he just fall? I I don't think she pushes him. I think he trips. Yeah, no, he trips. Which at that point, is Megan to blame? Yes. <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> And he immediately gets hit by a truck. <laughs> like, curse flat. I, I, there's definitely a Lifetime movie where this happens. Where, like, a truck just immediately shows up, and, but somebody gets run over, and, like, there's no blood whatsoever. Um, so I mean, this also happens in, t- in Amsterdam, R.I.P. Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, to, be, to be Taylor Swift, to be able to just be like, I want to get run over by a truck in this movie. Um, and then Timothy Oliphant's like, they did it. And it was like, Timothy Oliphant, we saw you do it. Um, and he's just like, ooh, look what you made me do. And they're like, too soon. Um, what? I don't understand. That's one of her songs. Uh, I thought this was something to do with Timothy Oliphant. But yes, okay, that is a funny joke. I approve. Okay, so, um, like, they go back home, and um, Gemma, like, says, like, I, I think she's starting to suspect Megan. She's like, Megan, you don't have anything, and you didn't hurt well, first, she lamely tells Katie, don't worry, that boy's in a better place now. And everyone's kind of like, but is he? <laughs> and then that Doesn't Megan evening, say something along those lines? What's up? Doesn't Megan say something along those lines? No. Oh, wait. You mean the is he? No, like, she says something like, I don't think so, or something. Yes. Um, and then that evening, Megan kills the neighbor. Yeah. Um, and the neighbor says something. Because um, the uh, neighbor calls the cops again, and the cops are like, oh, it's this lady. And yeah. then she's looking for her she's looking for her dog. Um and like the it's in the trailer it's different where like in the trailer she's like, I'm Megan. In this, the neighbor is like, Who are you? She's like, I, and Megan's like, I've been asking myself that for a while now. <laughs> uh, and she kills the woman by spraying her in the face with a bunch of chemicals after nail gunning her hand. Yeah, it's like a lot of garden implements of death. Yeah um and the thing is and this like we haven't really talked about it, but, like this is they also the therapist now the, we'll get to it but like this is kind of the problem with megan is that like she's not really there to help katie get through like dealing with death because she's never going to go anywhere like um and but she is- does say like katie tell me a memory about your parents and i'll record it and you can listen to it anytime you'd like 
Oh yeah. So this brings us to um to the, the like the the showcase with David and Katie and Gemma and Megan, obviously. For the board hold uh for like the stockholders, stakeholders. Yeah, and they're like, you know, Katie is staying there, Megan comes in, she's like, Hey, hey, Katie, you wanna um have some fun or whatever? And Katie starts crying and mm-hmm. my heart starts breaking because I you know do feel a lot for Katie. Um <laughs> And like this is where we get the conversation about I will always, you know, hold on to this mare for you. I forget what song Megan sings, but it's a bit off-putting. Um, <laughs> and like one of the stockholders starts weeping, and they're like, "We're gonna f- invest fully in this." Like uh, Gemma, we need to like put you higher up and get you in front of a lawyer. Um, and yeah, they congratulate David, and everything looks like it's everything looks like it's gonna be fine. Um, here is the one plot point that I thought was like kind of shoehorned in David's assistant is stealing blueprints I think that's not yeah. a lot comes of this here's the thing not a lot comes of it I think they're, they've already said there's going to be a Megan sequel um, <gasps> oh I, so the, you believe that the company that he was sending it to is going to make another Megan, Mithrigan. I think they're going to make an army of poorly produced Mithrigans. Amazing. Ooh, I hope that uh, kind of, whatchamacallit, definitely plays out. Um, so, yeah. So Spoiler alert, Mithrigan does not make it to the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, so this is where like we start getting Megan um, acting more suspicious. And she's also pushing back against uh, pushing back against Gemma. She um, won't turn off anymore. Yeah, there's a point where like Gemma's like, you didn't hurt anybody, did you? And uh, Megan goes, oh gosh, I hope not, because we'd both be in a lot of trouble then, wouldn't we? <laughs> um, And, you know, so I forget what exactly makes... Uh, there, there comes a point where um Gemma and the therapist have a conversation. I think the therapist is at the um is at the presentation with the stockholders and she's just like, "Yeah, that um you've made a toy that the child will never have to grow out of." And she starts talking about attachment um in the syndrome where she's like she should be attaching to you, but she's instead attached to this doll. And that's a problem. And the other part is Mithrigan threatens the therapist and says, you made Katie cry. Yeah. Because <laughs> Megan can't differentiate between like, Megan just wants to keep Katie happy and will kill or maim anything that prevents that. That is true. Um, so yeah, so eventually um, Gemma just brings, thinks Megan is malfunctioning, brings her back to the lab. And this is the where we get the this like Katie has not been like been around Megan for I think only a few hours and she's yelling and like she grabs some scissors to threaten the therapist again and she's just like just give me 10 minutes with Megan that's all I want is just 10 minutes mm-hmm. and um Megan is they're they're working on her trying to figure out what's going on and like the premiere to the world is happening pretty soon and they have her like strung up like you know, arms and legs being held down. And like she's attached to a bunch of wires. And um she Gemma- intersects a, a call from Gemma. Yeah. And um pretends to be Gemma's assistant and assures Gemma that, you know, the project is gonna get shut down. And yeah. this is how Cole and the other assistant figure out that um megan is like basically in the mainframe and they try to disattach her but she attacks both of them and then explodes the lab and then goes on a killing spree throughout the building and then gemma shows up at that point well um so yeah gemma went home with katie this is what this is where we get the um this is where we get the iconic dance from the trailer because she first hunts down david um and like does the dance in front of him then chase him down and then stabs him with like uh you know one of those big paper cutter blades and then she kills the assistant 
um, to blame it on him somehow. <laughs> and yeah. uses, uses they're killed in an elevator, and that distracts everyone for her to then steal a sports car, which I thought was going to play a bigger role in the ending. And it does not. I was disappointed it didn't. Um, so basically, her and Gemma have this confrontation, and they're having this fight, like when they're obscured by um by a bunch of stuff like because kitty hears them them arguing because uh, megan's saying like i'll take care of i'll take care of katie you just go and do the, like earn the bu- big bucks i'll take care mm-hmm. of our child together mm-hmm. and um the my favorite part is like she slams i don't like it because of this like she slams Gemma's head against the like um table and Katie's like, are you guys fighting? Like, I heard a thump. And Megan's like, no, Gemma just dropped me. Clumsy Megan. <laughs> and Clumsy Gemma. Yeah. Clumsy Gemma. Um, I'm just like, how do you have to pick up this ch- this robot? It's made of titanium. Why is it made of titanium? <laughs> I don't um, know. That boy r- like ran with Megan like she was nothing. Yeah. So um oh my god. When <laughs> Mithrigan sang Titanium. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. So, so um, Gemma slams a glass of water into Megan's head, and now she's starting to glitch, and like her body is just jerking out of control. Um, and I was like, that it was definitely something we're gonna need to, you know, change in Megan 2.0 because these kids. There's definitely going to be a kid's like, let's go swimming, Megan. And Megan's going to like electrocute. Um, For sure. Short out, yeah. Um, So they end up um, fighting in the garage. Megan is preparing to um, basically paralyze Gemma. And that's with a pen. Yeah. Well, she's like, oh, I'll just like zap this against your cerebral cortex and that will leave you like in a vegetative state, basically. And don't you forget, you gave me palliative care abilities. Um, and that's when Katie comes in and like Megan is trying to convince Katie to um, join in and help kill Gemma, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's definitely a moment where Gemma thinks she Katie's going to do it. And like you can see from Megan's point of view that like the trust meter is rising. Like, yeah. Katie is starting to like show trust in someone and that's when she's like oh yeah by the way there's a third member there's a fourth member of our family and she has the Bruce gloves and she uses them to tear Megan apart like or just yeah and now the arms and head of Megan are trying to kill Katie and eventually um they like burn her face off and Gemma stabs the like her the, the chip that has all of Megan's um you know coding and Essence. AI in it. And um that's when the police show up and so do Tess and Cole. And then what happens at the end, Susie? Uh... the smart home camera turns to look out the door. Yes. Okay. So Megan is still out there and hopefully in a army of dolls. Yes. Her so, dude, do I want an army of dolls or do I just want like because you know like I think it would be cool if it's like five years later and just like all of a sudden like a teen Megan shows up and she's just looking to like and they're like, who's that new girl? And and <laughs> who's that girl? And Katie's just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> That girl's Megan. <laughs> oh, okay, well, just think. Okay, well, I'll hit you with this, Susie. Like, I also, mm-hmm. I like Mithrigan army. Yes. Also, good idea. But what about, um, like a new girl start like a like, Katie goes to a high school, and you mm-hmm. like it's like an Among Us thing. You don't okay. know which one is Mithrigan, or like Katie doesn't know which one's Mithrigan. I love that. And then oh. she just has to figure it out. Yeah. Um, like a, a real Nancy Drew. Yeah. Always go Nancy Drew if you can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, obviously, we recommend this movie. Um, it was a romp. 
Uh, yeah. What are we doing next week? Um, one of the Lifetime movies. Uh, not Daddy's Perfect Little Girl, that one. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> Did you start watching it? It was no good? No, I just, I just don't really want to do it. Okay, there it is. Uh, we're going to do A Sister's Secret. Yes! When twin sister when when twin sister Suli swap place on their 30th birthday, a harmless pastime turns into a, a nightmare when one of them is murdered. Bom, bom, bom. Has Paul Abdul in it. Okay, I'm into it. What year is it from? Um, boop, boop, boop. 2018. Okay, cool. Okay, so if you'd like to write us, you can write us at realteengirltalk at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group and page that Frank moderates. Frank has a YouTube channel. All of the links will be in the show notes. And until next week, I am Susie Coda. I'm Frank Coda. Team Coda. Team Coda.